0: I guess my favorite quote from marketing school, the one that stuck with me the most was, different is always better than better. And like what you were talking about, shops that just really specialize in one thing and they have their stuff together, they can have a little bit more pricing power, whereas if you're in a commodity industry, it could be
1: you're just a race to the li- bottom. If you're you know? living and dying by the quote, Absolutely. that's good that's
0: gonna
2: happen,
1: so. Yeah.
2: If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are working Nation.
3: Hello, Metalworking Nation. This is Jim here at Making Chips. Wow, what a great day. I'm so excited. We finally made it here, sitting at the IMTS TV booth in McCormick Place in downtown Chicago. I've got great people all around me. The lights are on, camera and everything else. Jason, It's great to have you here, man. We finally made it. We're here. here. Yeah, we're here. IMTS. I know. My good friend, co-host.
1: It's been a lot of work leading up to to today. Eighty
3: episodes in, right? Yes, eighty episodes. How about that? I know. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? (laughs) Who would have thought? Absolutely. So it is. It's it's really truly exciting being here today, and um, just a little nostalgia that I'd like to add to it. You know, I've said on the show before that um, as a young teenager coming here with my dad back in the mid 70s to think that I would actually have a spot here with the lights camera and action and all around me Mm -hmm. Um, it's pretty humbling quite honestly yeah and uh, it's also exciting at the same time because I see a lot of great things coming for us and uh, especially for manufacturing, a lot of great things happening in manufacturing. I mean, at the end of the day, that's why we're here. That's our mission. We're here to inspire and equip people and, and see us-
1: manufacturing grow here in, the, in this country. And I sure hope so. See people elevate out, you know, elevate their
3: their jobs, move into a great career in manufacturing. Absolutely. You bet. You bet. So, in lieu of our traditional manufacturing news that we typically do and we get from the media, right. we're gonna we're gonna just elaborate a little bit on the Penny Pritzker and Doug Woods. Just the
1: keynote that we were just at. So they had a right. keynote to kick off IMTS and um, it was led by Doug Woods and he introduced Penny Pritzker, the um, uh, the U.S. Secretary of Commerce. I mean, this is, Penny Pritzker is an important person. I don't know if she people, is. if people don't know the name Pritzker, it's all over Chicago. Um, well, she's a Chicagoan. She's a Chicago native. Yeah, her, right. family's, uh, her family are Chicago natives and um, It's a very high profile position to be the the US Secretary of Commerce. Um, So I just wanna talk about a couple kind of Points that I that came out. Yeah, of the I, saw you were, I
3: saw you were taking notes. Yeah, I was
1: taking notes. I you, I you were. You I did I, not was, have a pen in your hand. Okay, so even though I wasn't looking, I, I was actually paying attention. <laughs> you were typing like crazy. <laughs> I was typing. I was, ty- well, I I was typing like crazy. Like like you know. I'm not that good. Like yet. a 30 40 year old knows how to do, and you know, a, you know whatever <laughs> age you are. Too, we're not we're not saying on on audio. We're not going to say on camera. You know how old you are, but you no. know I'm quicker than you. someday let's I'll say that. I'll admit it a little bit in that capacity. So, anyway. Um, one point seven million square feet. That's you know what?
3: I, I think that's wrong. I just want to double check because okay. I pulled up okay. the IMT fact sheet. Uh, you wait, wait, call wait, me all wrong. Doesn't wait, happen wait, wait, very wait. often. I went right here and I did ask you to verify two, that number ahead of time. Two thousand exhibitors from the metal working industry will display their products. And productivity solutions and McCormick Place in Chicago covering 1. 1.3 1. million sorry. net square feet. Of I was only show off by 400,000 square feet. Yeah, you know, it, <laughs> no big deal. Whatever. Yeah. you know, what It's just a is whole that? other
1: convention, you know, built yeah, into that. But it, is the, but it
3: is the biggest trade show that they have at McCormick Place. Did you know that? I did
1: know that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I um, the IMTS show, the only rival here, not in McCormick Place, but just in the United States, is the Consumer Electronics Show.
3: And that's here at Macorber
1: Place. As no, well. that is in Las Vegas. Oh, is basically. that right? Yeah, I I did not so. know that. Yeah. I've been to it once, that. but uh, but anyway, so yeah. They, let's so share. this is like their third. Um, this is actually it's kind of interesting. This is their third biggest show, however, with a caveat. So um, back in I think it was nineteen ninety you spell caveat? I have no idea. Okay. Do you even know what it means? <laughs> I do. Okay. So back, I think it was in 1998 and 2000, they actually had more square feet. However, it wasn't true manufacturing. It was during like that, the dot-com era where like you had these companies that were just blowing money and they were like, oh, manufacturing convention, let's, you know, let's spend some money here. And, you know, but this year is the most amount of square footage of manufacturing ever. So I know, that's great. I mean, they have different pavilions, you know, they have a whole additive manufacturing pavilion now. So um, it's definitely it's definitely changed a lot. So okay and then the other um, the other thing that I wanted to highlight is the the AMT Emerging Technology Center, um, which the two things from, um, from the AMT Emerging Technology Center are additive manufacturing and digital technology. So those are two of those, um, just those emerging technologies that everybody needs to be aware of. Everyone's talking about that. I mean, That's, it. that's it's the big buzz. To, it's hard to jump on top of right. these technologies right away, but at least familiarize yourself with it um, now. Um, and then the other thing that um, Doug Woods, the president of AMT said, yep. which I thought was very interesting. He, this is the first, I think he's the first guy to make this announcement. Additive manufacturing is mainstream now. And I thought that, that it was is. a bold statement, um, um, and I believe he's right. I believe he's right. I believe I, I,
3: it is mainstream now. I believe it is. I think I just think because everybody you don't have know, one, does but no, everybody no, knows no, no. what it is. Everybody knows what it is. I'm not concerned it's going to be competition for me and my machine shop in the future. Maybe you might ask because add it remember later. what Pete Zielinski said when we interviewed him on in the show in December. Right. It's it creates a near net shape part right, right. It's machinable yeah. at the end. Yep. Yep. So yeah, so I think it's great. I think it's a great addendum to the industry and what we can do it's only going to make things better for, for us manufacturing yeah, and absolutely. manufacturing in general i well, mean it's going whole... to make us smarter more efficient and more competitive yeah you always too. want to
1: eliminate waste and you know do things more efficiently and additive manufacturing is one key component of that. right so sure um sure. and then the next point was that they have um i thought this was cool because i actually talked about this on the show 40 50 60 episodes ago that um, about an additive manufactured house and they actually have such a house here that they that they um, that they produced through additive manufacturing yeah so and and that it's a solar powered additive manufacturing house that goes along with an additive manufactured car
3: yeah so they have we're in the additive manufacturing building right now it's just up yeah. Right? Understood. On the second floor. No, f- no, no.
1: But this is where the actual house is made through additive oh, manufacturing. Really? I'm well, not talking I- about just a place where they have that going on. It's a house that was built through additive manufacturing and a car that was built through an additive manufacturing yeah, I, I, machine. There
3: was a car upstairs. I saw yeah, it. I passed yeah, it in the way. Yeah. I almost snapped a uh yeah.
1: A shot of it. So maybe at some point, like you know, I have kids. You know, um, three months, three years, and ten years. Maybe sometime, some time in the future, they'll live in a house that's you know made through additive manufacturing. It, you know, I mean, you never know.
3: <laughs> wow, I can't. Believe probably not that, in your I lifetime, believe, Jim. Probably but, you know. not. I can't believe how much it's going <laughs> to drive down the cost. You know, think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, so um, that that.
1: that, that kind of ends my points from the keynote. A lot of those came from Doug Woods. I think at a later time, I'll talk about the Penny Pritzker part.
3: Great, so anyway, I, I'm gonna let our guest introduce himself and, and get, his, get his own bio because I didn't have enough time to prepare, I'll be honest with you. So um, this is a fairly new friend of ours. We finally spoke for the first time just a couple of weeks ago when I was at the airport heading to Florida and I, I gotta tell you, I, I think the synergy with us right away was just, I felt it, it was there, I felt good about this guy. He, he's aligned with the way we think about sales and marketing and manufacturing. And He's and a young guy in manufacturing, Yeah, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, but uh,
0: don't, don't say millennial. I don't, I don't associate with <laughs> you oh, don't come like on. that. You don't like that. You don't like that. Oh, and, you know the entitled and yeah computer, yeah yeah. You're not card. like that. Anyway, <laughs> I, think grow, I think when
1: you grow up in manufacturing, you, you learn not to be entitled about things. You yeah, know what my, I mean? my so. buddy's
0: uh, the same age, and we were talking about how we're not millennials yeah. yesterday, but I think technically we are. Maybe. So
3: anyway, let's go. I'm gonna go ahead and introduce him and let him give his own bio. Yes, so anyway, sure. we have in the studio with us here at IMTS TV today, Nick Golner. <laughs> And he is the marketing director at Hennig and Advanced Machine and Engineering. And Nick, it is a pleasure to have you here today. Thanks for stopping in, saying hello to us. Who knew when we talked on the phone a couple weeks ago you'd be sitting here in an interview with us? Not me. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so welcome, man. Yeah, thank why you so much. Yeah, you're, why don't you tell us a little bit, first of all, I, I always like digging in and talking about the history about manufacturing and um, I know you said your grandfather started that company. Why don't you go ahead and first of all break it down to the two companies, mm-hmm. and then start with the culture, Tell and the, us the history story behind the, the company. The story, sure. So, so go right ahead. Yeah, you almost
0: can't talk about the two companies without talking about the history because uh, it all started with my grandfather. He had a, a tough childhood and uh, in during World War II in Germany, and it kind of split his family apart. And so he, it was an easy decision for him to immigrate. Uh, he he wasn't able to maintain contact with a lot of the people in his family and he was looking for the American dream so he came over and uh, studied engineering and um, he was the inventor of the first carbide circular carbide production saw. So, uh, so it's actually pretty interesting what um, year was that do you know me? I think it was oh I'm going to be in trouble for not knowing that's okay the, it was uh give us a decade f- yeah the 60s I think okay. 62 maybe okay. was the year um, it should be on the history page of our website Okay, and I which wrote is... that but I forgot. <laughs> so um, our website is www.ame.com for Very advanced, easy. and then That's uh, easy. Uh, the other sister company is Henig and uh Henig is a machine protection company. And so Two
3: um, syllables H E N N I G. Yep, absolutely. So so uh,
0: so in and
1: Henig is very common amongst the the manufa- the machine tool manufacturers out there so yeah, tell absolutely me exact, tell us exactly what you do
0: uh you'd be hard-pressed to find a shop that doesn't have one of our chip conveyors or uh, telescoping way covers or protective aprons uh, the, the stuff that we do is in three markets it's uh um, for Hennig it's machine protection it's uh conveyors and filtration and then facility safety so okay a lot of it is fabricated sheet metal type products and uh it's all all pretty much associated with machine tools or factories. Yes. Okay.
1: okay. And so. you guys are, manufacture everything right in one of the heartlands of manufacturing, yeah. Rockford, Illinois. Rockford, Illinois, yep.
0: where Ingersoll is from. Yep, there you yep. go. And yeah, Wo-
3: Woodward is there.
0: Yeah, a, a huge chunk of our uh, workforce has experience with Ingersoll in the past. Okay, so, yeah. okay.
3: Great. So, so Nick, what is your, why don't you share with the listeners what your main role is at, at the companies, plural. Sure. And uh, so they get a little bit better understanding about what you do in your day-to-day. So it's a, it's a little bit challenging to do what I do because um, our,
0: our companies have so many different brands. Uh, Hennig is one brand for machine protection, and then Advanced Machine and Engineering is kind of a collection of different brands. Um, and so my job is to be the the marketing director and to do things like what you guys are doing to get the name out, uh, you know, promote the brands. Um, I, ideally, educate you, people about what we do.
3: Did you are you formally educated? Do You have a, a degree yeah. in marketing. I got a
0: degree in marketing uh, like a year and a half ago okay. from Florida Tech. Okay,
1: from Florida Tech. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. And, and are you you're responsible for your booths here at IMTS?
0: Yeah, there's three of them. So. Okay. Uh, there's one large Hennig booth where you'll see the conveyors and the machine protection and, and all the stuff I was talking about with Hennig. And then our advanced machine booth is across the aisle. And you guys did an episode, Riches in the Niches, right? Yeah, I love that and, one. Uh, one. So it favorites. reminded me a lot of our company. And so it's kind of hard to put everything in one booth and then put it in the right area because we have niches in sawing, we have niches in work holding, we have niches in um, metrology. And... Uh, a lot of those relationships are uh, because we're the North American distributor for European brands. Okay. So, um, for example, Tebow deep hole drilling machines, uh, you can buy those through advanced machine engineering. Um, At Jacob, tool retention within the draw bars is, okay. is one of our partners, uh, Speeth is uh, like precision lock nuts. Um, Satima is like a fluid power product for gravity fall protection for big presses. Okay. Um, just you know, w- there's a few more that I sure. uh, that I didn't list off right now because I could keep going. But, okay. Um, so what
3: are your booth numbers here? So pe- if people come uh, this week, where can they go to visit?
0: So uh, the Hennig booth is NC 411, and okay. the
3: Advanced Machine and Engineering booth is
0: NC 421 and those are right across the hall from each other. They have similar designs, so uh, they almost look like they're one booth. Okay. And then one of our uh, most promising value streams is the Amrock uh, work holding line, and uh, that is W2405 in the West Hall. Okay,
3: in the West Hall. Yeah. Okay.
0: And so anytime you see one of the brands where it's AmSaw or Amrock or Amlock, those are the brands that were kind of started by my grandfather after the, after the saw machine. And um, then we have some other brands, like I mentioned, uh, that are, are European partnerships. So.
1: Sure. So you're, you're a marketing guy. Let's let's talk marketing a little well, bit.
3: I, I got another question before you get there. What made you decide you wanted to go into the family business? Because you know Jason and I are both. Uh, you know, I'm second generation. Jason is third. You're third. What was the, what was that thing that, that made you say, "Hey"? Because I remember that moment when I thought it.
0: Yeah, I actually remember too. Um, my dad worked really hard, and it was uh, it was really challenging to build this business. And my mom was like, "Hey, listen, don't force them into the company. If they ask you to be a part of the company, you know, listen. But I don't want them to feel like this is their their destiny, and they have no choice other than to go into the family business." So I didn't immediately start working at the company. Uh, I had a bartending job for a while during school, and uh, I was an artist. Okay, and so I would sell paintings here and there, and. Um, worked a couple other jobs. Uh, and, and it uh, just
3: wasn't happening? And you said... Well,
0: it was okay. It was just, uh, I want, one thing that kind of scared me away from working at the company was that I was an artist and I'm not an engineer. And it's kind of like, uh, I'm, I'm really not very mechanical, naturally. And so um, growing up, I wasn't as interested. But then, uh, you know, I started to see what the marketing department was doing and it was all stuff that I felt like I could contribute to and so I try to bring some of the creativity the design and, and the art side into a company filled with really smart engineers so, typically they don't think that way yeah and so uh, I bring a new element to the company that's awesome yeah, yeah one I
1: of my um, one of the most successful manufacturers that I know um, from a small business I was a photography major in college so yeah you know,
0: see there you go,
3: go. <laughs> I, I, I love hearing people's background because you never really Fully understand where mm-hmm. what what's driving oh, yeah. that. And, Absolutely. um yeah who, who would have known that I would have loved marketing as much as I did right But I, I've always said that if I would have had to re hit the refresh button on my career I would have gone into marketing right I would have loved to market for like you know uh, Pop stars, and that that sure. would have been my, yeah, yeah, yeah That would have been so fun yeah. to me. I know it's a lot of work, but okay. So, so um, go ahead. Unless, unless Jim's
1: going to uh, interrupt me, so you're you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're a marketing guy. Let, let's talk about marketing. Yeah. Um, what is it about marketing in um, our industry and in manufacturing that is different from other industries, from your perspective? Oh, well, good I think
0: the biggest thing is that is behind a lot of other industries, um, and that people like you are showing showing the way. Okay, uh, with just. With content that's not always about the company's products. Sure. So, um, like you guys... Just providing value What was your mission again? You you say it all the time. We want to
1: equip and inspire manufacturing leaders. Yeah.
0: So, I think all brands should be doing that uh, as as part of their marketing. And uh, you know, of course, you need good product information. People need to know what to buy and how to get the right tool or or whatever you're selling. But beyond that, they want to learn something. And uh, you, you can go to a bunch of different websites and see that we're the global leader in whatever whatever solution, mm-hmm. uh, or you can visit certain websites where they prove it by teaching you something, and, mm-hmm. and so that's what we're trying to do is evolve a little bit uh, further. Um, our products, we already have catalogs, people know what our products do, and now how, how can we teach about, uh, you know, for example, the facility safety market? We need to be talking about what OSHA says about how to enclose a machine or how to cover a pit and, and teaching and, that. Yeah, informing people that yes. hey, if you're not compliant, you may need our products instead of being like we make machine tool enclosures. Right. This ours. is why they're great. We're the global leader. Here, yeah. Here's
1: all the uh, what, what do they call it? Here's all the features and benefits. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. 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 That's great. That's great. Um, what I mean, what what does this industry need in order to catch up? I mean, why like why are we behind? I think know? they need yeah. more
0: proof of concept. Okay. And,
1: and you guys are a perfect example. Sandvik's a good example of yeah, that. Sandvik spends a lot of their marketing resources, um, you know, educating the workforce. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they've been successful because of that. Yeah.
0: So look at you. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, how big crazy. is your shop, Jim? Oh, just six six employees. And and you have a big booth here, I got lights on me, I got cameras all over the place. Yes. And it's just because you created really valuable content.
1: Yeah, I mean and and that's one of the great things about this industry is that you can have a very successful business. Right. And 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 stay at a level that you're comfortable with. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to have you know um, you know thousands of employees i mean you can you can you can build a
3: very comfortable business in our industry i mean we've yeah, got i've never I've, I've never had a lot of employees ever right, it's just right. you know just working it right just you know making sure you pick the right jobs and mm-hmm. make sure that they're profitable and staying on there's top a there's of it. a lot of very successful where you
1: know, <laughs> machining companies where they're, you know, they're raising their, their prices all the time and, they're, and they're, they're making a good living and they have very small shops because they're really honed in on that niche that they, you know, Absolutely. are good at. I mean, it's not always about getting bigger. You know, it it's not that, always.
3: I always say it's all about getting better.
1: Yeah, it's about getting better, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, get better and then raise your prices and, yeah. you know, and then you can,
0: you know, just be more successful yeah. that way. So continuous improvement. Right? Yeah, continuous, continuous improvement. That's we Absolutely. Well, that. it's part of the ISO philosophy too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: yeah. Absolutely. We do, yeah, continue, that's part of our philosophy as a company too, yeah. you know.
0: And so I guess my favorite quote from, from marketing school, the, the one that stuck with me the most was, different is always better than better. And I was there you like, oh, go. I man. like that. You know? Always better than better. Yeah. And like what you were talking about, shops that just really specialize in one thing and, and they have their stuff together, they they can have a little bit more pricing power. Whereas, if if you're in a commodity industry, it could be uh, you're just a race to the. Living, bottom, if you're you living know? and dying by the quote, absolutely, that's that's going to happen. So. You yeah. But what can we do that no one else can do, or what what way can we do what we do that no one right. else can match? And and so, we're we're trying to continuously improve, and we're also trying to uh, have a. Focused divergent strategy as well. Okay, and that's so. a
3: great segue to I think to bring in your brother. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, so Nick has got his uh, brother who is oh. part of the family business as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't know his bio yet, so I'm going to introduce him. And I don't even know his name. I'm going to let you introduce him. I know Why don't I you, know this you is introduce your brother? Your brother. Yeah. yeah. Why don't so you, introduce, so you so introduce your brother, <laughs> <laughs> your brother. <laughs> over here <laughs> to my Move left? Back. This so is my brother at... Noah Gullner.
0: Uh T is the hey Noah. Hey, how's it going? How you doing, Good. Noah? Good. He has a similar story to, to mine. It, he kind of created his own job position in the company because uh, prior to him, there wasn't really any uh, continuous improvement position or, or role. And uh, so he's the global dire- director of continuous improvement for AME and Hennig. Okay. And. Um, yeah he focuses on not only lean but something called quick response manufacturing which you know everyone knows lean is about uh, eliminating waste and uh, reducing the amount of waste in your processes uh, QRM is like an evolution of uh, quick uh, or of lean. So you're saying QRM is
1: the next is is the progression of lean?
0: I, that's what we believe Okay, and uh, it, it actually comes out of the University of Wisconsin and I guess the. The easiest way to explain the difference is QRM is more focused on uh, reducing the amount of time things take. So okay. Where Lean is about cost reduction, okay. QRM reduces cost, but it's focused on time reduction, okay. delivering okay. faster, responding quickly, getting to market with products. You know, faster than uh, than your competition and things like that. Okay. So, 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 would
1: you would you concur with the marketing guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Nick, welcome. Welcome, Noah Noah, Noah. Noah, Noah. Welcome. Yes. <laughs> I
3: appreciate you coming by at the last minute. and sure, saying yeah. Hello with us and sharing all this good stuff and all the excitement about manufacturing that's here in McCormick Place today. Um, yeah. Why, why don't you define QRM? Um,
1: yeah. You know, from um, your yeah.
3: perspective.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to say it's replacing lean or it's maybe the next evolution, but it definitely enhances it. Um, Rajan Suri is the, the founder and the inventor of the QRM quick response manufacturing and he actually said and in hindsight he might, he might call it uh, quick response management because it's more than just on the manufacturing floor. Um, a lot of our lead time reduction actually has come from the office operations through um, start the clock when the customer has a need and contacts you. And then, how quick do we provide them with what they need? In any no, can you
3: give us an example? Because owning a, a small manufacturing company, I'm kind of trying to understand what QRM is all about. Can you put it into um, a, a small m- machine shop like mine, and just give me a yeah, of it? Okay, of what, so, uh, what, what I can do to qualify as a QRM type situation?
2: Okay, so there's a lot of aspects of QRM, but and I don't want to say I'm the expert here at anything, but in every process there's time where you're touching the product or touching information or processing information or doing something, they call that gray space. All the time in between where it's sitting or in queue or waiting, they call that white space. And typically when you really break down what's happening, you're lucky to have 10% of gray space of your actual process. And in our our, uh, company, we were cutting lead times in just manufacturing for a long time, and you can only do so much there. But we realized that 50% of the lead time to our customers happening in our office in Kevin yeah, sales and engineering processes, office. Okay. office processes. So um, the customer obviously doesn't care where your lead time is spent or where your time is spent. They just want it as fast. They wanna as- They want to know when they're going to get the yeah, product. Right. So right. Okay. We basically ignored 50% of what we could do for a long time. Um, so. Part of it is called like a QROC, which is an acronym for Quick Response Office Cell. So you build that around what they call a FTMS or a Focus Target Market Segment. So, for example, in the past we made conveyors. We have big system conveyors that, you know, weeks of engineering, weeks of processing, it's, you know, a lot there. And then we have kind of run-of-the-mill standard type conveyors. And at one point we were offering the same lead time for both. but really, we could. We found out that if we built a quick response office cell around the process of the smaller type conveyors, instead of a 10 to 12 week lead time, we've got that down to three weeks now. Only. Um, that's and great. And that's uh, engineering it. The customer request comes in. We talk to them, engineer it, build it, ship it. Uh, it's that concept too. Yeah. Oh wow. So um, we started at 12, went down to 10, then six, then four, then three, and now we're working our way towards two. So. That's amazing. Yeah, and really, it's. About breaking down, analyzing that process, segmenting out where customers would pay for faster speed, you know, or maybe not pay, but you could get more market share. Rajan yeah. would always say, don't raise your price, yeah. just get more of it. Tell That's him what uh, so,
0: dad said at the at the uh, seminar we were at and then where Rajan had to talk Yeah, to they about were
2: uh, at odds. He's like, well, yeah, if you offer a faster delivery, you could charge expedites. And he's like, right. you could, but he makes an analogy where lean maybe focuses on cost reduction. Well, if you put your hand at you know, eye level and you move it down, you can only go as low as the floor. He's like, but QRM focuses on growth. So um, if you put your hand and you move it up, you can go as high as the sky will let you, you know? So his concept is have fast oh, deliveries to I, bring you know, in the I, more- I love visuals you know, and yeah. I, can ju- I can picture that.
1: But it's just going to naturally reduce cost for you anyway. It I mean, is. It just, and that's what he says. If you look yeah. at it
2: through a time lens, you'll get all the benefits of cost reduction in lean anyways. Right. right. Exactly. Um, so it's, it's really interesting. And I think one of the most telling parts, or inspiring parts that we've seen in our journey is that it's all about empowering people. We took an engineer and a salesperson and they used to just pound out transactions all the time, or pound out the same design all the time. They're siloed away from each other. If they have to communicate with each other, it's maybe an email that's sitting in a queue waiting, and then all this time's building up, and our customer's the one who's suffering. External customers and internal customers. And what we do then is we just broke it all and redid it, re-engineered everything co-located them all we've moved uh, we built an office on our manufacturing floor put all the conveyor engineers all the sales all the sales engineers all in one spot and now a request comes in if the sales person doesn't know the answer the engineer is sitting right next to them they can get the answer before they even hang up the phone with the customer that's awesome
1: that's great did you see a lot of pushback from from your team when you started to make this transition they're like well, that's not the way we used to do yeah. it. And, and, you know, how, how did you, how did you, what were those challenges and how did you work through those things? I don't know who that's a question for. That's a question okay. for him. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that is, uh, Go it, Noah.
2: I think that's going to be natural, especially when you're doing something to that yeah. magnitude. Yeah. We were just changing it up. But, uh, it, so what, what were the challenges? High up and managed, a couple of high up managers it? did not like it because there was more of a, well, this changed. is the way Nobody it used to be. These change. people report to me. Right. Yeah, it's changed. It's just yeah. kind of natural. Old right. manufacturing. you kind of get used to that in continuous improvement because that's okay. just. So, your so did know? they, so, they adjust? <laughs> yeah, you know, eventually okay. it was kind of more. Because uh, sometimes. You're going to go for it. You're going to see it as it's going yeah. here. The people that were in the. C-Roc so this is an implemented
3: process it. that you have now. Yeah, in, this has been going here about
2: two years now. Well, yeah, I mean,
3: they've gone from 12 to 3. So they've accomplished it. Is it full spectrum, though, through the entire company?
2: Yeah. Or is it. Yeah, they're. They said to recommend, or the QRM experts recommend, kind of doing one at a time, and I kind of went for four. <laughs> but I saw it working quickly in one, and yeah. I knew that we had this momentum. If we just if we just carried it through, and it's hard to pull out a little segment of your sales and engineering and rearrange it, and then you know there's all this mess left over of well who's responsible for this now? Or so we just kind of. Went the whole slate with it. So all this all is work. going
1: to become my like word of the episode. So it's become ubiquitous throughout your your, your, entire, your, your entire company, thing. right? Yeah,
2: I would have no idea how to spell that. <laughs> That's what we
1: oh. were saying That's why <laughs> <a> spell check. <laughs> so, um, so, so have you, you know, whenever you start something new, because I'm thinking about different ways that we can kind of re-engineer the way that we do things, did you? Was it a cultural change? Did you lose people because they couldn't make
2: that adjustment? No, uh, most of the people that job changed because because of it were happy. Uh, one, okay. One guy said to me at one point, And by the way, there's I'm not saying that everything was stress free and life was just uh, no, it's you know, daisies right. after that. But uh, one guy said, you know, he went home and he's like, or he was talking um, to his dad a lot, always about work. And he's like, he was trying to, he knows it's a family business, so he was trying yeah. not to, to, you know, be offensive or anything. But he's like, you know. Yeah, you know, we complain sometimes. It's a job. He's like, well, my dad went up to me the other day and he's like, man, I don't hear you talking about work anymore that much. He's like, yeah, I guess it's a lot less to complain about, you know. Okay. kind of more. So it actually in became less stressful for your team. Yeah, and sometimes, I mean, we're setting a lot more ambitious challenges instead of just doing day-to-day. Yeah. There's always a goal. There's always something we're trying to reach, yeah. a, a future state target condition, if you yeah. will.
1: So you've gotten better. Your lead times have improved so your customers are happier and, and your team's happier because they're not as stressed out anymore. Yeah.
2: That's... Awesome. Not every day, but <laughs> yeah, you know, of course per, not. But I general, mean, comparatively,
1: yeah. yeah, you know, to how it was before.
2: And our customers are getting better responses too. So we st- measured first just lead times. Then we're measuring even. We're just trying to be measure all responsiveness. Uh, what percentage of the time are we answering the phone the first time they call in? Um, oh, that that's part of that process. That's a big too. deal. I mean, not all times created equal. So if you mess up the time where you're trying to get a quote, or if they're sending out, you know, three requests or four requests for a quote, and you can't respond, and someone else did. Even though you might have the better offer, you might have lost before you had a chance to even yeah. explain what your offer was. Yeah. Especially
0: when uh, some of the products we sell, there's a, an immediate need. If, if you can't operate your machine tool because your way cover is damaged or because yeah. your conveyor isn't working, they need it right away. Mm-hmm. The The downtime is what's expensive for them, not, oh, yeah. not the cost of the product. Right. So if, if you're late quoting and they need it right away and someone else quote, co- I mean, you, you lost right away. Sure. Even sure. if you had the best yeah. offer. Sure. So to get it.
3: So no, I, I have a couple questions that I wrote down for Noah. I just want to know a little, I, I asked Nick already about his background in the family business and, and what about you? What is your background? What, what, what are you educated on or yeah, when did you decide um, to commit to the business?
2: Education was, I just uh, pursued business degree, but I okay. was started off kind of as a shop rat. Okay. Um, yeah, just working in the shop with the guys. Had, uh, I like it a lot. I mean, it's something I don't get to do anymore really, but um, there's something nice about just focusing on a task. You finish the job, you get it done, and you just feel you get to actually see it. It's good. Yeah, absolutely, it's a, uh, it's a lot different now. You know, now you're trying to build teams and empower teams and create self-sufficient <laughs> problem solvers that make my job easier. I yeah, that. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, the the, be- the best kind of leader is somebody they can leave, and everything that they taught their people, you know, it just gets done without them. Well, yeah, and
2: honestly, the people that do their job are by far more of an expert in what they do than I'm ever going to be. So, mm-hmm. got to channel what they can do good into the right. You know, make sure it's aligned with our our goals, our company's you know mission and all that. So now, did you did you get formally trained in QRM? Um, I've spent a lot of time with uh, Rajan at seminars. Um, I talk to him still periodically. I was actually uh, at the uh, a seminar up in Madison about uh, three or four weeks ago again. Okay. So um, spent some time with him. Uh, Bill Ritchie's the head of the Tempest Institute, where you can get certified in QRM. And there's a Pretty strong group of QRM people in the network. Um, good companies: John Deere, harley Davidson, okay. National Oil Barco. So, there's a we're a membership of the QRM group. So there's a lot of back and forth. Yeah. Um, this is what this company did to this problem. So there's a lot of learning from each other. Which could could,
1: could like a small job shop like Jim's or um, a distributor like myself? Could we? You know embrace Pura. oh it's almost I designed absolutely.
2: specifically for that okay where lean's like a lot of the lean examples in books yeah. is like it's hey you're making big. a thousand of yeah, these yeah, things yeah, yeah. yeah this is designed for a high variability low volume type of thing which oh really lean okay could, that's didn't perfect really yeah, it, well. it, is. Yeah. So it's, it uh, does seem very interesting most of their examples me. are job shop type machining yeah instead okay. of like a kanban he invented something called polka polka which is i think a paired polka? overlapping P-O-L-K-A. Yeah. yeah polka of Cards with authorization, so it's like Kanban, but you're, it's just a capacity block. So it's okay. Pretty Nick, he's. Uh, I'd love
3: to continue the conversation yeah. offline someday. And learn yeah, more. yeah, yeah, absolutely. It sounds really yeah.
1: interesting. All right, well, why don't why don't we wrap up this episode? This yeah, well, what
3: what I, I want to do before Nick and Noah leave is just ask if they if uh, our listeners can can they connect with you like on LinkedIn? Oh yeah, it's Nick N I K Golner G O E L L N E R and yep. Noah is at N O A H. Yep. All right. That's it. Connect with these guys on LinkedIn, I'm sure. If you've got any questions about the QRM system, Noah and Nick would be happy to uh, let you know about it and direct you to Rajan. Is that? Yeah, Rajan, sir. Yeah. At the University of Madison? Madison.
2: Yeah, it's the QRM centers in Madison. Basically. Cool, cool. Um, Maybe we'll
3: have
1: to make a trip up to Madison. And, that sounds great. Uh, and and, and talk, talk to him, to him about person. that. It could be really Beautiful. interesting. Yeah, like yeah. I bet he would be an excellent guest on the show. I bet he would. Yeah, I know Ma- University of Wisconsin in Madison is very progressive as far as their um, their manufacturing. Oh, technology. They, yeah, they you put know. out some great goods. Yeah, uh, they, they, really right. yeah.
3: they really do. Yeah, really do. So. But as I always say at the end of the episode, um, it, it, it's so great being in this space with you, Jason, and. Um, uh, I, I absolutely love what we're doing. Yes. It was Jason's idea back uh, November 2014. Was yep. it? You, yeah. made, it, you, you well, made it real. A long time ago. <laughs> and um, I, I have to admit, I'm just, i just I'm thoroughly enjoying um, the moment, and uh, I hope that we're um, well. Nick did validate it in saying that what we are doing is truly equipping and inspiring. Absolutely. manufacturing leaders and aspiring manufacturing yes. leaders as well because we've got to give it up for the uh, young people of today to get into this industry um, if they want to get a hold of us, where can they get a hold of us, Jason? What's our uh, phone
1: number? 312-725-0245. 312-725-0245. Right. We're, we're taking questions, so I don't know if people have noticed that um, you know we have our Ask Making Chips episode. So call us, leave a message, email us, whatever you need. We like voicemail the best, just because yeah. then we can get your voice on the, on the episode. Yep, so you if you can call us at 312 725 three one two seven two five zero two four five, ask us a question, and we'll we'll put it on the show. And we'll if we if Jim and I can't answer, or if they answer, want to do
3: something cumbersome like. Email. It's yeah. Jim at making chips yeah. or Jason at making yeah. chips yeah. or Ryan at making chips. And if we can't too. answer the question, we, we could bring on a guest that
1: can. We you sure know? can. We've because done that before. We've done it before. We've done yes, it before. absolutely.
3: So, and, and that, Nick, you know how to
1: close us out, right? I was just going to say.
0: <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> I don't. I don't. You know, you <laughs> listen to if, what does my dad episode, always say? Yeah. Uh, if oh, oh, if you're not cutting <laughs> chips, you're not making money. Right? Close right. enough.
1: This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry.